0: Morning, everyone. Welcome to God's house for worship today. One thing I love is that between my home and church, there are only five stop signs. There's no shortcut. You just have to do that. That is the quickest way. But between your life and eternal life, there are no shortcuts either. And the only way that works in Jesus is. Is carrying your cross. We'll find out more about that in the readings as we go forward. Order of service is found in your worship folder and on screen. At this time, let's begin with our opening hymn, 704. stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy Holy and merciful Father, confess that that I am by nature sinful God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for all of our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority alone, I forgive you all of your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. Lord be with, you. And also be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son willingly endured the agony and shame of the cross for our redemption. Grant us courage to take up our cross daily and follow him wherever he leads. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. first lesson is from Jeremiah 15 and serves as a basis for the sermon Lord you understand remember me and care for me avenge me on my persecutors you are long suffering do not take me away think of how i suffer reproach for your sake when your words came i ate them they were my joy and my heart's delight for i bear your name lord god almighty I never sat in the company of revelers, never made merry with them. I sat alone because your hand was on me, and you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unending and my wound grievous and incurable? You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Therefore, this is what the Lord says, if you repent, I will restore you that you may serve me me. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you to rescue and save you, declares the Lord. I will save you from the hands of the wicked and deliver you from the grasp of the cruel. The word of the Lord. Continue with the solo. second lesson is from Romans chapter 8. There is no shortcut to heaven. We go through this world which is groaning in the pains of childbirth as if it's in it. And it can't wait for the end either. But we wait in Christ and we wait with patience. Looking forward to God's promise to come true. Mm -hmm. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The Gospel this morning according to Matthew chapter 16. Jesus himself teaches us to be cross-bearers. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? This is the Gospel of the Lord. We join in the Creed. In the name of Jesus, dear fellow believers. True story. A young girl was sitting on her grandmother's lap for just a few minutes and all of a sudden turns and looks at her grandma, looks her in the eye and says very directly, Grandma, your teeth stink. Nobody likes bad breath, do they? Even if the person sitting next to you in church is the best singer... Nobody likes bad breath. But you know what? It can be pretty hard to identify at times if you're the culprit. If your own breath is bad. So thankfully, there are a few litmus tests for you to figure out if you have bad breath. One, you can floss the backs of your teeth and then bring that piece of floss out and smell the floss. Another method is to lick your wrist and then let it dry and you can smell your wrist and see if you have bad breath. Or the third one, which is which is probably the quickest, it's just to breathe on the person right next to you and to ask them. <laughs> but I would ask them if you can breathe on them first. Our lesson today is all about bad breath, but obviously from a little bit different perspective than the physical. In Jeremiah chapter 1, The Lord called Jeremiah to ministry, to be a prophet, to speak for him. And Jeremiah's immediate response is, but I don't know how to speak. I don't know what to say. What what am I going to tell the people? And so then the Lord did this. It says in chapter 1, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I've put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and plant. So God touched his mouth. God put his own words on the lips and the breath of Jeremiah so that when Jeremiah spoke, those were God's words. That's what God wanted said. Whether it was a tough message or a light one. Whether it was a tense one and a warning or whether it was a promise. And a a positive thing, whether it was law or gospel, to uproot or to plant, that was God's word. And because God put his word there, he would do it. He would follow through on everything that he said. Well, the problem for us today is that we're not in Jeremiah chapter 1. We're in Jeremiah chapter 15, And in Jeremiah chapter 15, if you look at the greater context, even the words before our text, God spoke threat after threat. And the problem for Jeremiah was these threats weren't lodged against the enemies of Israel and the enemies of Judah to all of those other nations that in Jeremiah's mind, they deserved it. They deserved the consequences of their sin and God to come after them and punish them. That's not Jeremiah 15. Jeremiah 15 is God placed his threats right against the last tribe of Israel, Judah. The northern 10 tribes had already been carried off in 722 into captivity. They were gone, never to return. There was only one, one left, one kingdom, and that was Judah. And God lodged his threats against Judah throughout the whole chapter, and he said to Jeremiah, I want you to go share this tough message with the people. You can imagine Jeremiah, he's pitted now between God on the one side and the people on the other. These are people that were his acquaintances. These are people that he rubbed elbows with, that he knew, that he saw and waved at day after day. These are the people he would have to look in the eyes and tell them this difficult message. They already didn't like him. (laughs) And to make matters worse, there were other prophets at Jeremiah's time too who were false prophets, and they kept bringing these happy, happy, joy, joy messages to the people. Oh, God's not going to be tough on you. He's going to be great with you. Everything's going... Gee, she's still hear that today, too? God's going to do everything great. You don't have anything to worry about whatsoever. And you can imagine with all of these people, these false prophets whose mouths God had not touched, saying these lies in the name of God, which way are the people going to gravitate to? To the harder messages or to the fun ones? If religion was a business, and it's not, but if religion was a business, like a small business, in a competition, oh, Jeremiah was losing badly, terribly. He was losing customers. He was losing clients. They were all going the wrong way. And now God gave Jeremiah another hard message to share with the people. Hey, Judah, you're going to lose your temple. It's going to get smashed. You're going to lose your city walls, Jerusalem hey, people of Jerusalem and Judah, you're going to be carried off into captivity and many of you are going to die and your homes are all going to be demolished. Whew. Jeremiah started in his response properly. He prayed immediately and talked to the Lord. But you can hear him struggling And you need to hear it for yourself again. These are some selected verses of his response. Think of how I suffer reproach for your sake. He's saying, God, it's already really hard for me in my ministry. You're not making it any better. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Lord, I haven't turned away from your word. I've been faithful to it so far. Why are you making it more difficult? I never sat in the company of revelers. I didn't hang out with the drunks and the partiers, and they didn't welcome me into their groups either. Ministry's been really hard, Lord. I sat alone because your hand was on me. Jeremiah clearly thinks he deserves something better from God. And if you look carefully now, he's been carrying his cross, but it's been heavy. And it's been hard. And it's starting to slip off of his shoulder. And with these next words, it falls completely to the ground. Jeremiah says, Why is my pain unending? And my wound grievous and incurable? You are to me like a deceptive brook, like a spring that fails. Do you know what Jeremiah is saying to the Lord? Lord, your breath stinks. Your word stinks. You failed me, Lord. You've hurt me. And you've left me to hang out to dry. All of these people hate me. They want nothing to do with my ministry. They make it miserable for me it's like my wounds never heal. These people do some damage to me and the moment the scab starts forming, somebody else rips it open and does something and they were hard on Jeremiah, physically too. Why don't you ever let my wounds heal? Why are you making my ministry so hard? If you're familiar with the geography of the promised land, Over in the promised land, people would understand either in concept or by experience what a deceptive uh, brook was or a spring that failed. You have to understand over there, water meant life or death. They were dependent on water. It, it It was scarce to have a well or to have a spring. Just think your life, the whole life of your family, if you had a spring and it failed i mean that would have been disaster for you and your family if you had no more water and so what jeremiah is saying is lord i've been depending on you and you failed me you're the problem you're like a spring that's failed i can't trust your word and i can't trust you lord the problem is you and i think at that moment if hindsight was 2020 jeremiah probably wished in hindsight he had tried one of the other two tests for bad breath. He probably wishes he had done the floss test or licked his wrist. But instead, he prayed this harsh prayer and he breathed it right into the face of the Lord. And it was disgusting to God. And the first thing the Lord did is he ripped away the job of prophet from Jeremiah. He lost his ministry. You cannot be a prophet of God. You cannot be a pastor who serves the Lord if you're not going to trust and speak his word. And the second thing the Lord did is he called him to repent. He pointed out Jeremiah's sin. He said, Therefore this is what the Lord says If you repent I will restore you that you may serve me Could you tell if your pastor has bad breath Spiritually speaking Well yeah you can Does your pastor sinner like everybody else Does your pastor repent for his sins I sure hope so. Yes, they do. Can you tell if your pastor spiritually has bad breath? Well, sure you can. That's why there are Bibles in the pews. That's why we print the text right in your bulletin. That's why we invite you time and again to Bible studies so that not only can you grow in the Word, but that you can evaluate this and make sure this is what God is saying, that they're speaking God's Word faithfully and truthfully and lovingly. You can see that. But as long as we're on this subject of bad breath, I think we've got to keep pressing it, because it's easier to tell when somebody else has it. Can you tell if you have it? Because the Lord through His word, wants to reach out and touch your heart and mouth as well. And are you somebody then who is listening and taking these things to heart, or are you that kind of person who says? I get to determine whether I like this section or not, whether I'm going to listen to this section or not, or whether I see what God is saying there about practicing his word in this way, but I'm just not going to do that. Are you the deceptive brook? Are you like the spring that fails? Did you know that there are people in this congregation who won't let me come on their property? There are people who won't return my phone calls, my text messages, my emails, and we'll talk about this more next week. But historically, when somebody doesn't welcome the person who comes in the name of the Lord to bring God's word faithfully, historically, that's grounds for church discipline. Are you somebody who welcomes God's word? Even the tough messages when it's applied to somebody else's family situation. But then when the tough messages of God's word come close to your house and your family, then we get weak-kneed and wobbly-hearted and very, very defensive. You see, we all can have bad breath, can't we? Spiritually speaking. And the remedy for Jeremiah that God spells out is the same that he spells out for each one of us. Repent. And God promises when we turn from our sin and we turn to him, that he'll restore us. Because you have his word on it. God promised you that he would do that. And he promised you his son, Jesus, who did exactly that. That with his whole life, every breath he took, all the way till his dying breath, where he took up his cross, and that's where he gave it from, his holy breath, every word that he made, every word that he said, till his last one. It was a life that was lived for you. To be your substitute. That he could die on the cross and completely take away your sin, my sin, and the sin of the whole world. So that in Jesus, you would find forgiveness for anger, for hostility, for turning away from the word, for being more wanting to be more chummy with the world and have, have worldly friends, even if they're not the nicest, greatest people. That, that you would find forgiveness for all of your sin, including having a foul mouth. Because Jesus forgives sinners. The wellspring of forgiveness in Jesus Christ is a brook in a spring that never fails. And through faith in Jesus Christ, crawl up on your heavenly Father's lap and breathe in the word of God that just never stinks. That's actually what God said to Jeremiah 2. After forgiving his sins, he tasked Jeremiah again. Take up this word, he said. If you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Let this people turn to you, but you must not turn to them. I will make you a wall to this people, a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you to rescue and save you, declares the Lord. One of the hardest things people tell me is it's hard to share the word of God. There are so many people that don't listen. They get stubborn today. And you get family members too and relatives that are stubborn. In application, this is our cross from the text. Christ is leading us to not be afraid of those in our circles around us. This is God's word. This is his truth. It's the word on which we base our hope and our salvation revealed in Jesus Christ. And it will not fail. He will honor his promises. Even if the world rejects it. Oh, there's captivity coming right around the corner and the kind that's coming. It's not a Babylonian captivity that Jeremiah and the Judeans faced. It's an eternal captivity. And I don't want any of God's people, I don't want any of my relatives, any of my worldly friends to go there. Speak the word. Take up your cross. Proclaim the tough messages, even if it means talking about sin. Because God's goal is And that we get to reveal Jesus and let people see he still desires to save and rescue, to plant, to build, and to bring people to heaven. Breathe in the breath of God. And with all your heart, breathe it out and tell the world, for Jesus' sake, amen. Please stand. our God, you are wise and powerful, good and gracious. Your mercies are new every morning. Each day you open your hand and provide for the needs of your children on earth. Praise you for every grace of Strengthen your church and all the world. Let your comforting message of salvation in Christ Jesus be proclaimed to troubled souls everywhere. We bring you our requests for the various structures of our society. Bless our national, state, and local governments. Grant prosperity to our businesses and industries. Give employers a sense of fairness toward their workers and employees a feeling of joy and pride in their workmanship. Help. Find in all work Invigorate the schools of our land give success to every effort that helps students read think and communicate in ways that will promote an informed and responsible citizenry arouse curious minds to discover the wonders of your created order give us teachers and
1: students who pursue excellence.
0: strengthen the families of our country give fathers and mothers a renewed commitment to be good parents give children and young people the wisdom to regard their parents as your representatives Lord, we praise you for the Christian life of Sharon Herzog and that now, in her death, you've brought her to your side. Comfort those who mourn and give strength by your gospel that you are the resurrection and the life. Bless Emerson and Miles and their baptisms and second service today that they depend on Jesus Christ all their days. And in these last days, lead people to your word and to receive it with thanksgiving. And use us, Lord, in our lips to proclaim it. Hear us, Lord, as we now bring you our private petitions. Gracious Father, we pray boldly as Jesus taught, with the confidence that you will hear and with the faith that you will respond for our welfare. And we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Please stand for prayer. Almighty God, grant to your church the Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes from above. Let nothing hinder your word from being freely proclaimed to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that we may serve you in steadfast faith and confess your name as long as we live. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. For a remaining hymn, we're going to sing verses 1 to 3 and verse 6. They're correct on the screen. It's just not put in your worship folder. Please be seated. (laughs) Thank you morning, everyone. Welcome to Guests and Visitors. Glad you could come. Please come with us again. And I was not implying that there was bad breath over here by one of our best singers, so. No, I was right when you said <laughs> it's it's bad. Stay away. Somebody must have looked online, too, to what the sermon theme was going to be and, and gave me two mints this morning as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> couple of announcements uh, for you for this week. We have uh, Bible study this morning. We're starting a study on the book of Revelation and that's going to take us uh, quite a while, probably into the first part of December. And we are going to be down in our new harvest room. It's all set up and uh, there are some sheets down there for Bible study as well in the first row. You can check that out as well as goodies and coffee are down there. So we used our new coffee set up for this morning too. So head on down, check that out. Love to see it. Bible study this morning. Then uh, a week from today, Sunday school starts. You can still register for that. Pastor Bodhi wanted me to mention that. And then I believe it's this Wednesday. Hopefully I have that date right. But catechism, public catechism starts as well. And then I know Luther had something that he sent out about registering for the church picnic that just helps us get a flavor of what to prepare and how much to provide for. And then this Wednesday, our, our Wednesday Bible study starts at 9 a.m. And we're going to be down in that harvest room as well. And I'll make sure one of those doors uh, is unlocked so that you can come into that that entrance, uh, far south part of the campus. And then do we have the Wells Connection for today as well? Please.
2: Hi, I'm Wells President Mark Schrader. Just a few weeks ago, more than 400
0: delegates met in Saginaw, Michigan, for our Synod's 67th Biennial Convention. The goal was to celebrate God's blessings on our past ministry, and importantly, to set in motion our church body's plans for the future. Brothers, I hereby
1: declare that this convention of the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod is
0: now in session.
2: The theme for this convention, Embrace the Cross, Anticipate the Crown, reminds us of our most precious blessing and our most important message as a church body.
3: We preach Christ crucified. We deliver the goods via word and sacrament. Let's die to all of it, to anyone and anything other than Christ crucified. There he saves. There he promises to
2: us a crown
0: just share a brief summary about where these new starts were approved.
2: 2023 is the first year of our Synod's ambitious initiative to start 100 new home missions and enhance the mission endeavors of 75 other churches during the next 10 years. Nine of the new home missions have already been approved. One more will be approved this fall. Those people who are
0: lost aren't raising their hands and they're not saying Send a pastor to us, send a pastor to me. I don't know the gospel. I want you to tell me about the gospel. And so there's this this balance that we recognize that we want those who are being served with the gospel to continue to be
3: served with the gospel. But equally important is the importance of those who don't know the gospel and don't know Jesus
2: our Synod's ministry financial plan, approved by the delegates and supported by generous congregation mission offerings and special gifts, provides resources to maintain and grow the exciting opportunities we have to share Christ's love through our areas of ministry during the next two years. The Lord has blessed us immensely with gifts and uh, it's it's uh, good to see that and, and to see the, the reports given uh, and, and what they contain. A high point of the convention was the declaration of fellowship with the Obadiah Lutheran Synod in Uganda.
3: FELLOWSHIP is a great blessing from our Lord and something he wants to give us.
2: And the affirmation of fellowship with a church body in Latin America called Iglesia Cristo Wells Internacional.